Hi there, and welcome to the Oikos Family Podcast, Season 2, Episode 17. I'm Sonia Wood, and thank you for joining me. What I'm going to be doing for you for the next few podcasts is sharing with you um, some short stories that come out of the little booklet called Oikos Ministry Messages. To give you a little bit of a background of this Oikos Ministry Messages, in fact, these stories, there's about five or six of them, have been written by our daughter Missy. She actually wrote them when she was a little girl. And when I say she wrote them, what I mean is she would go through an experience, whether it was a time that she'd been in hospital. I'm thinking of the first room I share with you, which is called The Orchard. She'd been in ICU and she'd been in a coma. And when she came out of the coma, she told me the story. And then it was such a sweet story, and I felt that it was quite pertinent at the time. And so I would type into my computer, you know, the laptop that I had with me, I would type into that what she was sharing. And so consequently, what happened as a result of that is I started collecting the stories that she was sharing. And they were really, I thought, very sweet and beautiful and not just because she was my daughter, but because I felt that they were really inspired by the Lord. And she herself said that. She said, no, she didn't come up with that story. It was the Lord that helped her or told her or showed her. So she's uh, very specific about me making sure that I let people know that the stories were inspired by the Lord to the point where she actually wanted me to put it on the cover on the bo- of the book. I had to write there, written by Missy Wood, but inspired by the Lord. She's not Missy Wood anymore. She's Missy Atkinson now because she's a married woman and she's in her 30s. And we have this little book uh, of stories, which I just think are very supportive and helpful and encouraging and inspiring and all those things. So I thought, let me share them with you on these podcasts, because why not? If I've got that to, to give and to bring, let me give that to you. I know that it's difficult for moms to have, you know, huge amounts of time to listen because they don't have because they've got children and they are listening to their children. And there's not a lot of time in the day to spend listening to, you know, spending a lot of time listening to other things besides their children. So I thought, let me share these stories with you in podcasts. I think the stories are all around about 15 to 30 minutes each. And I narrated this little booklet to to bring it to you as an audiobook. In fact, it's available as a complete audiobook. You know, you can get it wherever audiobooks are available to get. And, you know, you might listen to, you know, one of the stories and find that it was helpful to you or you might um, think of somebody that it would be helpful to or perhaps even for one of your children to listen to because I just think that in each story there's something that can be taken from it, I believe, you know, that might be pertinent to you in your circumstances at this time. And if not, well, it's just a sweet story to listen to. So there you are. That is what I'm going to be doing for the next few podcasts. I'm going to introduce the story to you. This one is called The Orchard, and I hope you enjoy it. And the next one, I think, is called The Pathway, and we will just go on from there, and I'll just give you one little story in each podcast until the stories in Oikos Ministry Messages booklet are all finished. And so let me not continue because I really value your time of being able to listen to you know, these podcasts and thank you for listening and I hope that you're going to find these stories 
to be worthwhile for you to listen to and perhaps share with others. So there you go. Enjoy the story. Bye for now. The Orchard Her eyes fluttered as a small gasp escaped from her soft, pale lips. A mothering hand travelled lightly across the white linen to grasp that of her child's. Her eyes slowly opened and travelled around the room. They were filled with confusion and disorientation. Lines formed upon the small forehead as a weak voice floated into the air. Mum? Where am I? Relief cascaded across the mother's face as she gently smoothed away the frown from her daughter's forehead. You're in hospital, Missy. You've just come out of a coma. You've been in ICU for three days. Her head relaxed against the pillows once again as remembrance flooded through her eyes. She had been feeling unwell, running a fever, and then she disappeared into the soft, comfortable world of nothingness. Suddenly her eyes opened very wide. Urgency flowed from them as she struggled to sit up in the bed. Her voice had a tone of extreme importance and her actions were that of a caged bird held captive by its bars. I've got to pick an apple in the orchard. She tugged at the tubes that seemed to cover her entire body, desperate to be freed. Her mother came to her aid. With gentle words and soft caresses, she managed to settle her child back on the bed. Nurses, having heard the commotion, were flooding into the small ICU unit. They helped settle the distraught child, inserted a small amount of transparent liquid into the drip line, and soon the tense body began to relax and slip back into a calm sleep. Hours had passed, hours that had travelled very slowly for the concerned mother, but now the eyelids had begun to flutter again. This time ever, they opened with slow drowsiness and hazy recognition. A large yawn filled the pale mouth, and a thin hand reached up to rub the remaining sleep from her now bright eyes. A sweet, gentle tone voice greetings that the weary mother had been praying for. Hello, Mum. I had a lovely long sleep. Gentle lips kissed the warm forehead as the mother's relieved tones floated down to meet small ears. I'm so glad you had a peaceful sleep. Now shall I get you something to drink? She was answered by a tiny nod. While sips of sweet fruit juice were enjoyed, Mother read from Psalms chapter 1. Missy lay quietly enjoying the soothing sound of her mother's voice and soaking up what the scriptures had to say. While lying in this rested manner, the child's thoughts floated through what she had witnessed while being in the coma. These thoughts she felt had to be shared, so as soon as her mother's voice reached an end, her thoughts came tumbling out. You know, Mum, when I was in that coma, I felt as though I was walking through an orchard. I was about to reach down and pick the most beautiful apple that you've ever seen. But then I woke up. I didn't get a chance to pick that apple. Tears had filled the large emerald eyes and were now trickling down the cheeks. A soothing hand was there momentarily to wipe them away and a soft voice offered comforting words. After a time the tears stopped and the child was able to speak once again, although this time with a voice of longing. I only wished to walk through a real orchard one day and be able to reach out and pick a red, juicy apple. Even if I'm unable to pick any fruit, I would still just love to walk through an orchard and be surrounded by fresh, pure life. 
Do you think I'll ever be able to do that, Mum? Walk through an orchard? Pain filled the mother's eyes as her mind raced back to a few hours earlier when the doctors had told her that her child may not live for much longer. Even now, looking down at the feeble, pale, weakened body of her daughter, it was hard to imagine her being able to wander down the hall, let alone through an orchard. But she laid these concerns and doubts aside, deciding instead to leave her hopes and desires to God. He would do the best for her in the end. So with her voice filled with confidence, she stated, Yes, I do believe that God will one day let you walk through an orchard, whether it be here on earth or one of his very own in heaven. I know that you'll be walking through one sometime. This answer satisfied the child, causing her to lay back upon her pillows. Golden hair settled around her face. A slight rose colour had emerged on her cheeks. Long black lashes had found their place and rested on the soft skin, and a smooth, contented rise and fall of the small chest all signified one thing. The child had once again succumbed to that warm and comforting place of sleep. Many years had passed since this little girl had lain on that hospital bed, close to death's door. She was now a fit, healthy young woman, filled with life and vitality. Her life had been extended far beyond that which the doctors said would be possible. She was well aware how close to death she had come, many times. So now she had dedicated her entire life to God and His service, being very aware that her existence on this earth was not for her own purpose, but rather for His. It was for this reason that she was on a tour in Cape Town, South Africa, supporting her parents in their ministry to families. They were at one such ministry conference when a family came up to introduce themselves. Missy had just finished sharing. She stepped from the stage and was now leaning hard against a nearby wall, trying to remain awake and focused. It had been a long tour and she had been not getting much sleep as her focus had been on preparing for the ministry. All of a sudden, the past two weeks seemed to have caught up on her and fatigue was racing through her body. It was at this moment that she spotted a family making their way through the crowd towards her. With a silent prayer for strength, she pushed her tired body away from the wall. At that same moment, her mother appeared at her side, giving her a small, silent smile. This added to her strength, and by the time the family had reached her, she felt completely reinvigorated. Introductions were exchanged, and light conversation was enjoyed. It was during this casual discussion that it was discovered that this family lived on an orchard farm. Missy's eyes grew wide with shock. Many years had passed since she had expressed her desire to visit an orchard. But even though the statement had not been voiced again, the desire had not died. And now with the prospect of maybe having the chance to walk through an orchard, the young lady's heart did a flip with joy and excitement. Seeing this overwhelming interest in their abode, the family were quick to invite Missy's whole family to visit them the following week, a visit that would fulfill a young girl's dreams. The day dawned fresh and sunny, but the bright sunlight was nothing to compare to that of the young lady's face. She was radiant with excitement and pleasure as she dressed and readied herself for the day ahead, a day that she never thought would happen. As their rented car slowly wandered its way through the Cape traffic, Missy's heart began to beat faster and faster. 
wishing the car to increase its speed and gobble up the seemingly endless miles. At last they arrived. The stiffness that the car had aided in providing to their wearied bodies was soon a distant memory as they stepped out into a very productive vineyard. The large, ripe purple grapes drooped towards the dark soil, heavily weighed down by their juicy content. Lush green leaves gently caressed the fruit whilst providing it with a cool shade. In the distance, a brightly coloured butterfly fluttered between the rows of fruit, casting a sense of fairy tale wonder to the already wondrous scene. No words were able to be formed during this time of wonder of God's creation. So the family just stood, eyes cast out, soaking in the beauty of the land before them. The family's home was situated on the edge of this enormous vineyard. So even once inside the large country house, the family and their guests were able to enjoy the splendour provided them. Lunch was enjoyed immensely, with light conversation and good-natured jokes. It was given over to a unanimous vote that coffee would be served overlooking the fine vineyard, basking in the late afternoon sunlight. Missy had enjoyed her day up to this point very well, but now as the sun began its ascent over the grapes, her heart felt as though it was sinking with disappointment, for they had still not gone to the orchard, and at present it seemed that this would never happen. At this very moment, the host's son stood and announced that it was now the perfect time to travel to see the orchard. Her heart leapt with relief and pleasure. She was to walk through an orchard after all. As they carefully made their way up the mountain, the owner's son explained where they were going. It seemed that they were travelling towards the organic orchard. The farm had acres of factory-grown orchards, but these fruit trees were sprayed with pesticides and insecticides. Their fruit looked stunning and there was an abundance of crops, but the taste was insipid and bland. The orchard to which they were bound yielded smaller crops, but the flavour offered up by that fruit was beyond description. This organic orchard was left to its own. There were no sprays, no chemicals, no programmed watering times. It just grew. They arrived just as the sun was casting its last few rays of light out over the leafy canopy creating a golden hue from across the acres of land. Missy's eyes danced with joy as she wove her way through the trees, her hand floating along the leaves, her steps light and the setting sun playing with her golden locks. There was a giggle of contentment on her rose-tinted lips. It was exactly the way she thought it would be. Her soul began to soar. It felt so bright just to stand there and let God's nature invade her senses. Just as she felt that she had reached complete satisfaction, her eyes lit upon the most magnificent apple she had ever seen. Her hand travelled towards it as though it were a magnet and was unable to resist it. Its skin was shiny and smooth. It was still cool from the shadows that its leaves had provided. Missy sank down to the warmed ground, her hand staying on the fruit all the while her eyes and hand caressing every aspect of it. You can pick it. A strong male voice broke through her wonderings, giving her the permission she had ached for. Grasping the fruit a little stronger, her hand pulled down. With ease, the apple dropped from its branch and landed in her hand. Held up towards the setting sun, Missy examined it up close. It had its own shape. There were aspects that set it apart from the rest of the apples. It was not the ideal apple, 
when placed next to the designed apples. But that is exactly why Missy found it so beautiful. It was like a snowflake. You would not find another one that looked like it. There was a movement next to her, causing her to look up. Looming over her was her little brother, biting into one of the freshly picked apples in his hand. In between mouthfuls of sweet fruit, his voice rumbled out questioningly. Have you tasted one yet? I think that these are the best apples I've ever eaten. Try one and tell me if you don't think so as well. Missy examined the fruit in her hand, not wanting to do any damage to its perfect shape. But her desire to taste a freshly picked apple overwhelmed the other feelings. She slowly raised it towards her mouth, and with protracted movements she closed her mouth around the fruit. Flavour erupted over her taste buds, consuming all her senses. The apple was firm and crisp, but once bit into, its juices cascaded throughout her mouth. It was as sweet as honey, as smooth as cream. Her eyes slid closed, allowing her to absorb the full extent of flavours that were swirling through her mouth. It's wonderful, is it not? Again, the male voice broke through her wonderings. This time it was their host's son standing over her. A basket full of apples hung from his hand. In his other hand he held an empty basket. This one he stretched out to her with an invitation to fill it. Her eyes filled with an elated delight as she accepted the basket, standing to begin her task of filling it, a task that she would gladly accept. As they strolled through the orchard, their new friends told them how this organic orchard was different to that of its next-door neighbour, the chemically grown orchard. Aside from the fact that these trees were not sprayed or exposed to any chemical products, their fruit was left to mature through to complete ripeness, while the other trees' fruit were picked while still green, so that they would last long on the supermarket shelves. Also, since these trees were not sprayed with pesticides, worms sometimes got into them. If that happened, the apple's stalk would die, causing the fruit to fall to the ground before it could contaminate the rest of the tree's fruit. Once fallen off the tree, it would decompose, adding nutrients and minerals to the soil, and thus aiding more fruit to grow well. He stopped to show them an example of this, as he reached out to pluck a perfectly good-looking apple from the tree. It fell into his hand with more ease than the others. But aside from that, it seemed fine. It was only after he turned it over and they saw the bottom that they realised it was actually rotten. The bottom had turned brown, and some of the juice had begun to leak out. He went a step further and opened it up. It was then that they saw just how rotten it really was, for the entire inside was brown and rotten. A small worm was even wriggling around in the centre of the core. The eyes had grown very large during this demonstration, and now all the horror and amazement spewed out. My goodness, I would never have imagined that one small worm could cause an entire apple to rot. The thing that I find most shocking, though, is how perfect that apple looked before you opened it up. It looked so good, in fact, that I would have gladly eaten it. Just imagine the shock I would have had as all that rotten gunge filled my mouth. Missy's face crumpled, emphasising the disgust she would have experienced if this were to happen to her. Her body then shook as she... Her body then shook as her mind expanded on the thought. How absolutely disgusting it would be. She suddenly began searching through her basket, scrutinising each piece of fruit 
to guarantee that there would be no worms found in her pickings. The boy's laughter accompanied her as she desperately searched each apple for signs of rotting. Satisfied that her apples were free of worms, they set off back down the mountain, just as the last few signs of light disappeared from the night sky. A few days later, Missy once again found herself on stage, preparing to address a room full of home-educating parents. She was seated next to her mother, notepad open and ready to go. Her entire sharing was laid out in point form. It had taken weeks of prayer and preparation to ready herself for this ministry tour, the first tour in which she was able to be one of the keynote speakers. Up to this point, she had followed her notes exactly, taking each point and expanding upon it, with ease and confidence. She felt as though she was a natural public speaker, and she was quite pleased with herself for doing so well. But this time as she stepped up to the lectern, ready to face her fourth gathering, something very unusual happened. She started with her rehearsed opening, but shortly thereafter she was aware that the words coming from her mouth seemed not to be that of her own. They most evidently were not those which she had so well prepared herself to speak. As the words tumbled out, she kept glancing across at her mother with an expression which said, Help! This is not what I planned to say. Her mother's strongly assuring look told her to continue and not to question, as all was well and all was good. Her voice streamed through the hall. It kept her steady, calm tone, gently informing the gathered listeners what she had experienced in an orchard and how it was applicable to their lives as home-educating parents. An hour passed in this way, with Missy standing at the lectern, notes and spreadsheets all but forgotten, while her mouth rambled forth creating and forming messages as it went. Then suddenly it stopped. It had reached its end. The owner of the mouth, not quite sure as to what her next move should be, just stood there. Hands gently folded in front of her, eyes down, head slightly lifted. There was nothing more to say, and then she was very, very tired. There appeared a shadow next to her and her mother's hand came to rest lightly on her shoulder. With gentle persuasion, she was turned and moved towards a chair near the back of the stage. Almost in a dreamlike state, she heard as her mother concluded the session, thanking the necessary people involved in making the meeting come together. Missy just sat, staring into oblivion, trying to make sense of it all. It was at this point that she realised that she would not be able to make sense of it. She was merely a vessel that God had used to give a message. Suddenly she felt very lowly and small. God had taken over and she felt overwhelmed that she had been able to experience it. The overwhelming feeling increased as tears stung her eyes and began to trickle down her cheeks. Thank you, God. Thank you. She whispered into the silence. The conference had reached its end. Tables had been packed up. Sound systems were safely in their foam cases. Chairs were packed away. And now Missy and her family were travelling down the N1 towards their host's house, where they were to spend the night before catching an 8.15 flight out in the morning. Silence permeated throughout the car, with each person entangled in their own thoughts. Missy's mother's voice was the first to break through this silent veil. It carried a hint of unreality and amazement, as she stated, Do you know what your sharing did to that group? No, I don't even know what I said. I've been sitting here trying my utmost to remember what I spoke about, but it's just a blur. I can't remember a thing. 
Could you please tell me? Her mother smiled a large, understanding smile as she began to recount the events to her confused child. Well, you began with your normal opening, welcoming them to the meeting and giving a brief outline of your home-educated life up to that point. After that, however, you started to tell them of your experience in the orchard. You told of how you had longed to walk through a productive orchard and how that dream had come true a few days earlier. You then started to bring in an analogy between your time in the orchard and family life. You said, Just as the trees on the organic field are left to grow with their own shape and style, so it is with your children. They will all grow and develop at a different point. They all have their own style and unique shape. No one child is the same as another. God has given each parent the specific job to care and cultivate their own children. Each one will grow differently, but as their parents, you will know how to train them so that they will grow tall and strong and one day bear fruit to nurture and support others with their goodness. Then there were those apples that got one little worm in them. This worm killed and destroyed the inside goodness of the apple, even though the outsides still appear to be perfectly healthy. Its insides were rotten. It is the same way with sin. It creeps in and destroys our lives. We may appear healthy and well on the outside, but meanwhile our soul is slowly being destroyed. When the apple begins to rot, the stalk dies, which eventually results in that contaminated fruit falling from the tree, before it destroys the rest of the fruit. So it is with parents. They watch out for the bad fruit, and when they see their child associating with it, they cast it off to protect their child from the sin they may have been exposed to. An organic apple orchard is truly an amazing place to walk through, and the fruit is so filling and whole, not at all like the apples you buy in the supermarkets. One organic apple can keep you full for hours. You can actually feel your body soaking up the nutrition and goodness. If each parent in this room could leave this conference today with one thought, and that being that they are growing organic apple trees, their children, the more time and effort they place into their children's lives will result in another apple, a blessing. And each apple is able to give life to another being for salvation. Most of the time, it is more effort to grow and cultivate an organic orchard. It needs careful monitoring and extra care. But the results in the fruit are inspiring. One taste from organically grown apple will make you never wish to taste a sprayed apple again. It's a bite from a piece of life-giving fruit. How can you improve upon that? So let me encourage you to enjoy and take pleasure in growing your organic orchard, knowing that each time you step into it, you'll be cultivating a harvest that could sustain a nation with goodness and life. And this is where you end it, standing with your hands folded and eyes down. You do not need to say one more word, for every face in that hall had turned upwards as if they were looking towards God. Some sat with tears trickling down their cheeks, others with shame filling their brows, and some just sat, eyes closed in silent prayer. God did a work today in each and every person's heart, and you were able to experience Him in that work. That is the greatest honour. Her voice finally came to an end, leaving Missy in a stunned silence. She was so overwhelmed as to the fact that God had chosen to use her as His mouthpiece for she knew beyond a doubt that none of it had been her. Finally, she voiced a sentence. In a soft and reverent tone, she said, 
Well, let the Lord be praised.